What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are now listening to the Antonio Serrato Show, the podcast show designed to help you grow your business by offering you indirect mentorship from thought leaders and industry experts and by delivering actionable steps to getting things done. And I'm your host, Antonio Serrato. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Antonio Serrato Show. I'm your host, Antonio Serrato. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. And I want to thank you for tuning in. And please do yourself a favor if you find some value. Again, I say if you find some value after this show, after this episode, do yourself a favor and subscribe. Um, I promise you won't regret it. And if you don't find any value, please, please leave me a message. You know, let me know how I can perfect this show to better cater to you. Um, you know, again, this is the show about all things entrepreneurship, and I want to be able to provide you great and quality content with that central focus. If this is your second, third or fourth, heck, fifth time tuning in, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, I really, really do appreciate your continued listenership. Um, today we have a special guest all the way from Romania. He is an entrepreneur, founder of Start Small Digital, who also increased his income by 200%, 200% since quitting life as an employee. Um, his name is Visa Robert. He is a web design, SEO, and copywriting expert. And for those that don't know what SEO is, that is search engine optimization. He's only 22 years old. He's already acquired his bachelor's degree in marketing and is working towards acquiring his uh, master's in public relations. So, but early in Visa's career, uh, entrepreneurial pursuit, you know, he he was offering nearly almost everything in digital marketing, and um, he quickly quickly realized that that's not the best way to deliver superior value. So then he kind of pivoted this focus and 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 really owned in on the uh, search engine optimization, copywriting, and web design element of digital marketing. Uh, But nonetheless, he's a great guy all the way from Romania. I want to say it's like one o'clock out there right now, and and we're getting ready to knock this out of the park. Um, But he has some really great advice to give us today. So to to say the least, I want to keep this introduction as short as possible. I want to let the experts speak. Uh, Nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Visa Robert. How's your day going, man? Uh, it's been a long day. I've had uh, I've had some meetings today. Just uh, met with a client who, for which I finished two websites right. this month, and uh, we're talking about actually doing SEO for her because she didn't really trust my services at first, as I'm a little higher price than most Romanian people. And she was like, okay, let's do the websites first. If I like your design, if I like your copywriting, we'll talk about your SEO offer after that. And she was really pleased with what uh, with what I've created for her. And right now I'm, I need to make an offer for 2018 in order to rank her two websites up. Right, right, right. Man, and, and it's the weekend over there, right? Um, what time is it over there? You're in Romania, right? Yeah, it's 1 a.m. 1 a.m. Wow. 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 I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. I, I really do. <laughs> uh, I also appreciate it, man. Anytime. All right. So, you know, um, the first question I have here is just cover any early desires and thoughts that you had on entrepreneurship. Like, what was that moment that, you know, first you thought to yourself, all right, you know, I, I'm not in it to work for others i'd rather work for myself you know what and and become an entrepreneur what was that experience like or any early desires you had uh well let's start about how i actually opened my company first uh it was uh, i was still in college and a friend of mine called me and asked for some social media services right and he was like robert i know that you're good with digital marketing stuff like that help me out and i've helped him for three or four months while not having a company so i was getting paid just uh, here's the cash to do that and after four months he told me that if i don't make a company and actually invoice for my services and actually have a contract and be legal we cannot work together anymore so i had my first client before starting my company okay 
And uh, after that, almost one year later, it's when I actually decided to quit my job. It was not because of the money, but more because of the feeling that I had. Uh, I was uh, working in a video game studio, but all my colleagues were laid off because, uh, yeah, uh, we were about 10 people and all my colleagues were laid off because the sponsors just decided that we don't want to invest in video games anymore. We're taking our money back. You guys can do whatever you want. We don't care. And the only people that remained in the company were my manager and myself. Uh, and my manager told me, okay, uh, you're staying, you're good with marketing, we're gonna create a digital agency and you're gonna sell all types of services. Problem was, I didn't like working alone, not being managed, like, okay, I'm working for, for you, I'm bringing money, I'm bringing clients, I want some feedback. I have some needs, like for example, I needed some uh, graphic designers, I didn't get them. I needed some web developers that could go really deep into databases, I didn't get that. And I was asking for stuff that would help me and my clients. I would get answers like two or three weeks later. And at one moment I just decided, fuck it, if I'm anyway doing this alone, I'm just gonna do it for myself. And I quit on the 4th of December when I, um, it was my birthday and I've had like 22 years. Yeah, 22 years. <laughs> so so you quit. that was a nice birthday celebration, I suppose, right? Yeah, it was really awesome. To be honest, I was really, really scared to quit because I didn't know if I have the money to live on my own right. because I'm living with in rent and I need to pay the bills, the food, uh, courses, all kinds of stuff. But I actually hustled a lot during December and I managed to get enough money to live until June. So for example, if I don't get any clients until June, I can still pay all my bills and if something bad happens and I fail, I'm just gonna get another job in digital marketing in May or June or whatever and be on the safe track. I see, so was digital marketing kind of a field that you picked up during college or university um, or was it just something that you know you found a passion for while, uh, while attending post-secondary education? Uh, to be honest, I found my passion for this while bluffing for a job. Okay. Uh, I was working in sales in my first year of college and I found something that was related to my degree, like it was a content manager for a construction company. Okay. And um, I applied, they called me and they, the first thing they asked me, if, Robert, do you like to write? To be honest, I didn't wrote shit. Am I am I allowed to swear or something? I'm really <laughs> you're <stop>. fine. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I didn't uh, I didn't really enjoyed writing then, but I was like, yeah, I write a lot. I have blogs. I have whatever, and I don't know how, but I got the job. And after that, I realized, hey, I, I really like writing. I really like doing SEO. I've had an awesome manager that uh, took me and uh, taught me everything. He was like, Robert, you do this and this and this. And he was, um, he had a lot of patience with me mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm a difficult employee. I bring results, but I also have high needs. Like for example, I didn't enjoy you having a, a program. I don't like the nine to five. I've been working remotely for three or, yeah, three years now. And uh, he also had to make sure that my needs were satisfied and I would bring in the results. But that was the moment when I learned that I like digital marketing when I f first got that job. I see. And, you know, um, I know I know in part of what I've read was that you kind of had a holistic approach to digital marketing. What, 
what was that moment that you decided to shift your focus from holistic digital marketing into a more uh, advanced understanding of, let's just say, uh, website design, search engine optimization, and copywriting? What was that like? Uh, to be honest, I hated it. Like I didn't enjoy selling everything. Uh, I was just starting out and I was like, I need clients, I need money, I need people that recognize me and the referrals and all that kind of shit. And I just sold everything email campaigns, Facebook ads, social media. Uh, if there was something related to digital marketing, I was selling that. And because I didn't have the experience, I was uh, selling it at really low rates and I was frustrated because I was doing stuff that I didn't enjoy for money that I didn't perceive as valuable enough. Like I didn't like to work uh, one hour for $10. Come on, there are people working at McDonald's doing more than that. Right. <laughs> so I just decided, okay, I'm just gonna focus on the things I like, web design, SEO, and copywriting. Scrape all the other stuff, all the contracts that I had uh, while still doing social media or campaigns or whatever. I talked with my clients and I told them, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to niche down, I want to learn more, we're breaking this stuff up. I still have some of my clients for which I do SEO, but I don't do anything else. Only web design, SEO and copywriting, that's it. And if someone take, uh, tells me, Robert, I'm gonna pay you $10,000, do social media for us, I'm not gonna do that because I just hate that type of work. I find it valuable, uh, companies need social media, but it's not my thing. Right, right, absolutely. So, what what was your sell strategy in the beginning of your entrepreneurial pursuit versus now? What, you know, like has anything changed in your sell strategy when you're able to sell whatever products and services you have? Uh, what has changed as you developed your your skill set in these areas? Uh, first thing first, I don't battle in price anymore. You don't what? I'm sorry. I don't battle in price. Okay. Uh, uh, like for example, uh, there are tons of people that will be, oh, you got an offer for for two thousand dollars. I'm gonna do that with one thousand. Right. I'm not doing that anymore. Uh, if you want to work on my rates, that's awesome. I was doing that when I first started out because uh, I didn't have a portfolio. I also worked for free for some people just to get the experience and uh, get people to recommend me. Like right now, if a client would say, I want to talk with three of your clients just to ask them how was their experience working for you, I can be like, here's the phone, dial them for me and they will all answer and tell you that we had an awesome relationship. Uh, business-wise. Uh, right now, I'm uh, actually looking to go more into cold sales. I haven't done that like ever. And I'm really missing out on uh, tons of leads and money because of that. I've actually had some uh, training with Curtis Decora, a member of the MAC, and he's training me for sales. And he's been showing me tons of tools to get the data from companies from the US, from Canada, Australia, and so on. And uh, I'm going to start cold calling, just hustling every day and be like, you need a website? You need a website? Uh, let me help you out. Okay. So, so was your strategy, like, were you door to door or was it more email, email marketing? It was a uh, 100% referral. Okay, so just reference reference marketing, word of yeah. mouth. I, I was helping someone. I would finish the job for him. I would try to upsell some services. If he also wanted to buy that, that would be awesome. But I would also ask for three or four contacts and I would start calling those people. And I would close uh, one for, from four people or so and just work from that. But honestly, I, right now I wish to get out of Romania, not move, but move my services because the market is still new in terms of uh, digital marketing and web design and 
people want the cheapest price possible like they want a website done with $200 I've had someone that called me a scammer because uh, I asked for uh, $40 an hour and I was still at the beginning and he told me that someone built his website with uh, $50 including hosting domain WordPress theme copywriting <laughs> and I was like come on not even people from the Asian countries go that cheap How well not even India end? yeah India you know where where things tend to be a little more per se affordable or inexpensive um, I've not even heard of a rate at less than $50 or let's just say $35 an hour you know not for a complete project usually complete projects are about starting at like a thousand and that's a very mediocre website yeah and i don't know how he got the website with 50 dollars <laughs> and because of that i was called a scammer because i would want more money from that guy good thing i didn't get that client oh that sucks well i mean everything does happen for a reason and nonetheless um I'm sure you didn't want to produce something for a client who thought as such $50 for a website. Now that we're on the topic of website, however, if you can, in the most basic definition, what, what to you is web, web design? Uh, I would consider web design, uh, let's talk about front end because that's more of what I do. If we go to the back end, that's databases, those are systems. Uh, that's not more like web design, it's more like developing. So let's go to the front end, like the picture you see, the nice colors, nice fonts. Uh, I would say that web design is similar to an architect's job, like you've already paid someone to come and make sure that you pick the right furniture, that you have nice windows, that your shop is bright, enough sunlight is coming in and your clients are happy. Uh, web designers do the same thing, but we make sure that you sell your goods or services online and we paint your business, so to say, on on online canvas. Okay. All right. So like an architect. That's interesting. Something, something like that. No, I, and, I, and I can see I, that I, metaphor for sure. Um, all right. So why, why do you believe it's important for businesses and business owners to get aligned in modernizing their website? Well, right now clients are shifting the way they are buying stuff. Mm -hmm. They are looking for information because they have information anywhere. They have bloggers, vloggers, reviews. Uh, they can Google something and find out if your products are eco-friendly, if you are paying your uh, uh, employees right. There are people that would not buy from a company if their employees would not be paid at least a certain amount of money and they can actually find that out. So you need a good website, you need good SEO in order to give your clients all the information that they need and also to control that information because if you're not doing SEO and you're not ranking up, you might find out that for your keyword, for example, there's a blogger that uh, didn't enjoy your services and they're top ranking. And the first thing that uh, a customer finds out when he's searching for a restaurant, let's say you have a restaurant X in New York and the client searches for that on Google and he sees that blogger that says, don't eat at uh, restaurant X because I got food poisoning you're you're not gonna get any more clients at least from the online market right and i've seen that happen quite a few times to um in the restaurant industry or the bar industry where someone would make a comment or even write a review uh, and that can really hurt the, the the sales and the covers of um of the patrons that walk in and 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 were previous customers or are no longer customers because of their bad experience so i've seen that happen quite a handful of times um, so how can, how can a business owner or, or someone, you know, obviously someone who's, uh, established their website already, um, and it's probably been years since they've updated it, what would you suggest that they do in terms of determining whether it's following modern technology? 
So, uh, for example, you know, um, I've witnessed quite a handful of websites that aren't mobile friendly. You know, so what would you recommend to these uh, business owners in terms of revamping their website? Uh, as you've already stated, the website needs to be mobile friendly. That's 100% a need. You can just test that out. Take out your phone, go to your website. Is it, do you feel okay looking for content? Is the menu right? Is it uh, easy to find what you need? Like for example, if it's taking you more than three clicks to find the product, you're losing 30% of your clients because you don't want someone to go to homepage, category, category one, two, three, and after 10 clicks, they find that you sell shoes. That's not gonna work. You need to make sure that it's mobile friendly and you also need to have a SSL certificate installed. That's, for example, that's an encryption that enables you to make sure that the data that your client sends you cannot be seen by other people sharing the same uh, Wi-Fi. Like for example, if you're at a coffee place and you're buying clothes online, if the website doesn't have an SSL certificate, the person that is sitting right next to you can see all the credit card information that you're sending to that website if he's smart enough to do that. Right. And uh, most people actually do not know that you can get SSL certificates for free and they're paying like $50, $100 um, a year for nothing. Just use Let's Encrypt. It's really easy to use. And if you don't know how to install it and if your hosting company does not want to do that for you, just pay someone on Fiverr and they can do it for like five to ten dollars most companies just have it at one press of a button interesting so we'll, we'll add that to the uh, show notes after this show but nonetheless i i want to make sure that our listeners are able to contact you if they also need help in installing that or you can uh, reference someone out to them um, another uh, go ahead Another thing that I would want to say is that you should uh, move out of the idea of actually uh, creating uh, websites uh, only in HTML, like those static websites that we had 10 years ago. Right now you need uh, CMS, uh, content management systems, be it either WordPress, Drupal, uh, Magenta, PrestaShop or whatever. It's way cheaper to pay your shop manager to update the prices on your products or pay your uh, actual copywriter to introduce the content on your website than pay an IT guy that's paid like 100 an hour or whatever. And it's also easier to manage your own website like if you have a really small brick and mortar shop and it's only you and two employees. If you paid someone to make you a website using a content management system, they can train you and you can learn in less than one hour on how to change the date on that promotion, on how to increase the price with 10% or whatever. It's better to use that because it enables you to do things fast and it costs way cheaper. Yeah, those are really great points, actually. Really, really great points. Um, I recall back in some time, I, I want to say a little over two years ago, where the static HTML, you know, even if it, if it were um, mobile-friendly and, and SEO-friendly, per se, that it was just a static HTML CSS with some uh, interactivity within the website, but there wasn't really a CMS involved. So... Most times when, uh, let's just say, you know, they needed to update their website, they had to hire uh, an IT guy to really come in and, and you know, change up some code and, and uh, re-upload the site to the hosting site. And, you know, that cost an abundance versus now if they have something like WordPress, they can update, you know, the prices or product or photo um, in a matter of minutes. So those are really great points that you that, that you touched there. We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to capitalize on SEO and copywriting. Awesome. 
You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Thank you for tuning in to the Antonio Serrato Show. This show will provide you entrepreneurs with experience to discuss business, growth, marketing, and branding, and a ton of great strategies. We will have thought leaders and successful CEOs that charge thousands of dollars to speak, and I will have them on the show at no cost to you. You think you have what it takes? Please subscribe to this podcast show, and I would appreciate it if you can share your feedback. You can find me on Facebook. Just search The Antonio Serrato Show, like my page, and leave me a message. You can also follow me on Instagram at Mr. Antonio Serrato. Thanks again for tuning in, and now back to The Antonio Serrato Show. For those who don't understand what SEO SEO is in search engine optimization, what would you, at your most basic definition, describe search search engine optimization to be? Okay, so I'm going to give a quick example because that works best. Let's say your sink breaks and your house is flooded. You Google for a plumber and you just see the first one, you dial up, he comes and fixes your issue. The system or the mechanism that enables the plumber to appear first and get your money and your service, that's SEO. That's what pushes his business higher in Google or Bing or Yahoo or whatever search engine you're using and enables him to make revenue without paying any ads. Interesting. There you go. So, all right. And what what would you say is different now as opposed to then regarding SEO. So for example, I recall some time ago, and this was actually a little over five years ago, where metadata was really important to like SEO. But then, you know, there were people, tech guys that started cheating the system, adding a bunch of keywords to the metadata of the website. And uh, I know Google has changed some algorithms to kind of inhibit that. So what would you say is different now than what it was before in terms of being able to optimize someone's uh, search capabilities? Well, right now, uh, it's more about the user, like meta and metadata is still important. Uh, what you're talking about is meta keywords that was, uh, they were just spammed. Like if you had letter shoes, you would have like, 20 different keywords all inserted into that web page. Uh, right now, meta keywords are not used anymore. You still use the meta title and the description because those are the pieces of the information that appear on Google search or whatever search engine you're using. I'm mostly going with Google, for example, because in Europe they have over 90% market share and optimizing for anything else in Europe would be a waste of time. But uh, you understand the idea. Anyway, it's more user friendly right now, like Google can actually see how much time people are spending on your website. And if they're like coming in, uh, scrolling down, see that they didn't find the info that they need and they're out in less than 40 seconds, you're not going to rank. They also are looking for uh, pieces of content that are higher in margin. Like for example, four or five years ago, you would be able to rank with a blog post that was 300 300 words long. Right now, uh, you need to go for 700. Uh, For example, all the articles that I sell are uh, 1,000 words. Oh, wow. uh, or or up because the it's actually uh, really relevant to Google to see how much you write and to see that you actually invested the time and effort to give out that information and it's also really important to get good and high quality backlinks uh, in um, in 2005 or seven. Uh, you could um, get backlinks from, I don't know, uh, uh, news website from Nigeria and you would get links from that and you would rank up for your coffee shop in New York. Right now you cannot do that because that link has no juice, it's useless for you. You need to actually talk to uh, 
bloggers or website owners that are in your vicinity or related to your niche. And if you get a link from a food blog to your restaurant, that's how you rank. If you're getting from a, someone in China, you're actually getting penalized and you're going down. So you need to make sure you're having high quality links. You have to get good quality content that's over 700 keywords long. Sorry, just got a message from someone. Okay, I need to close Facebook because I need to be right here in the present. And I think I noted something down that was really important. Uh, oh yeah, uh, actually right now if you don't have the SSL certificate, you're losing ranking. Uh, if you're on the 10th page, uh, on the 10th place, you're going to be on the 20 and fall because people will get out of your website. They're also gonna get notifications that your website is not secure and that someone might steal their data from you. So just make sure that your everything you're creating is for the user, not just spamming keywords, not just putting photos, then photos of whatever coffee mug that you have or cat or I don't know. Make sure the user is happy with what he's getting and that you are actually buying or getting high quality links. I see. So for those that are like hardcore believers, when it comes to they, they'll go ahead and at well, we'll say content is king, right? But when they're saying yeah. that content is king, usually they're referencing a multitude of con of content. This includes you know blog posts, video, photos, so on, so forth, any form of multimedia per se. So what would you recommend for those that are? Are desiring to post a little more photo and video uh, style of content versus um, worded content. What would you recommend to them in terms of being able to still optimize their, their site and push out that kind of content? Uh, really happy that you asked that. For example, right now I've I'm working on rebranding my website, and the first blog post that I want to publish is actually a full gu uh, guide on how to optimize images. Uh, I'm gonna give you a few tips. For example, uh, make sure that your uh, uh, image is as low in uh, data as possible. If you're uploading an image with your product that's two megabytes, three megabytes in size, you're going to rank lower because uh, it, the website will also load really slow. Right. Uh, just install Photoshop or use GIMP or if you're having WordPress, use uh, WordPress Smash uh, because that's gonna take your photo and make it really small. Uh, use a JPEG, for example, and make sure your photos are 100 kilobytes or lower. You also need to work on your file names because uh, most the people that start doing SEO, they'll be like, oh, I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna give some alternative attributes to my photo. That's not enough. Uh, you need to make sure that your file name is not the uh, one, two, three uh, PNG. It's actually uh, a photo of green car sitting next to whatever JPEG. That's gonna help. Also, if you're doing video blogs, uh, go and watch Brendan Burchard. He has an amazing blog and he does the next thing. He films himself, he uploads the video to his website, he creates a summary of whatever he talked inside that uh, video and he also posts the transcript. So he's like having video, pictures, quotes, and he has over 2,000 or 3,000 word long articles alongside that video. So he's ranking really high on those keywords because he's got high quality content. I see. So are there any tools that you would recommend in terms of video uh, transcribing? Uh, actually, I haven't used anything for video transcribing because I haven't touched that market. Okay. I've been, I've been only doing the image optimization right now. 
All right, interesting. Because, you, you know, I, I know that it, it is a fairly new thing. And I think, I want to say a little less than a year ago is kind of where I seen it uh, take off, especially on like Instagram, where a lot of these videos are getting transcribed as uh, uh, something like, you know, subtitles or a caption of some sort, but also um, being able to uh, repurpose their content so that way they can rank higher uh, with search engine. Um, so, so I guess we'll, we'll touch on that at a later time, video transcribing, because I think it is an interesting, uh, topic to cover. Uh, what, what would you say a business owner, you know, should know the, the, the basic things that they should know about SEO, like, um, in terms of who to contact, if they don't know anything about SEO, if there are, are there any books that you recommend on SEO? Uh, let me just give you a tip on the question that you asked about video transcribing. I saw someone uh, actually recommending uploading your videos to YouTube and uh, YouTube has a system that, for example, if your video is in English, they will create automatic, uh, uh, um, how do you call that text that's right under your video when should be like talking. a subtitle, I believe. Yeah, like, the subtitle, uh, the subtitle, or and closed caption, something like that, and you can actually download those stuff, and it's created automatically. So you download that, and you got like a raw data for your video, and you just read it and replacing words because it's not one hundred percent perfect. Mm, that's interesting. That's a really but, uh, good tip. But I haven't tried that. Uh, I just saw some people recommending it. So you need to try that out and see if it's working or not. Anyway, going back to where should business owner look for SEO and how to learn SEO or hire someone. Um, first thing first, if you're going to hire somebody, uh, you're not going to rank in one month, in two months, uh, results are usually five, six months ahead. So uh, if you're planning to start an e-commerce and don't buy any ads, just relying on SEO, you're gonna starve the first four to five months. Okay. Also, also if somebody, somebody comes to you and he's like, uh, pay me this amount of cash because I'm gonna get you on the first spot in Google, He's lying. There's no way you're, you can guarantee the first part. You can guarantee the first page. That's, that's what we all sell. But with the current changes in algorithms and the competition on certain keywords, no one, not even Neil Patel or whatever SEO expert can sell you the first spot. That's just plain rubbish. Uh, run from those people because they only want your money. Ask for uh, referrals, like what other people have you worked with? Can you show me some data? Can you tell me how much have you improved your clients? Um, traffic over the six months period or how much revenue did you bring? If they cannot provide any info from past clients, they are either starting out and uh, I don't I don't want to say that people starting out won't bring results because I'm also in my first year of business, but they shouldn't uh, ask for a ton of money if they don't have any portfolio. Like they should start either working for free or doing actual work on their websites or on their own blogs. If you want to learn SEO on your own, maybe you don't have the budget to pay someone or you just want to make sure that you learn SEO before you hire someone in order to not get scammed or in order to know what you want to expect from your future employee or partner or service provider. Uh, just read uh, the blogs from companies like HubSpot or uh, SEO Moz. Uh, I think I mentioned. I don't know if it's Neil Patel. Maybe I I may be wrong. Let me just Google that. Uh, I, I want to say it was Neil Patel. Well, I I see someone with um 
you know, uh, advertising on LinkedIn and even quite a handful of videos on LinkedIn. I want to say it is Neil Patel that really yeah. highlights digital Yeah, marketing. it's Neil Patel. Just, uh, just Google to make sure. He's, he's an awesome guy. You can check him out. And just just Google because the, the guys that you're going to find on the first pages when you're looking for SEO guides, they know their stuff because they uh, wouldn't have gotten there uh, without actually knowing how to sell or how to rank and optimize because they're selling, uh, for example, car, uh, courses or services that are in the tens of thousands of dollars. And the competition is really high. So if you're on the first three spots, you're actually knowing how to get shit done. Right. There you go. So so Neil Patel, and that's spelled N as in Nancy, E-I-L, P as in Papa, A-T-E-L, Neil Patel. Just search him up, you know, to find some uh, SEO information. All right. So what we're going to do now is just cover copywriting quickly um you know because i know that we can have our own episode on on copywriting but if you can just quickly uh cover copywriting and how does it relate to web design and search engine optimization uh it actually uh it works really uh, really well with both i've seen web designers only sell the design and be like, I'm gonna create the web design and you're gonna fill in with content later. Uh, that's kind of a big problem because depending on the amount of content you have there, uh, things may not line up. Right now I'm selling the website from scratch. Like I'm gonna write you the entire content, I'm gonna optimize it I'm, and I'm gonna do the design. Because of that, I know where images go, like I know the exact resolution for images, so I'm able to compress them and save on uh, data. And I also know how, how many lines of uh, content you may use or you may need and how to make sure that the call to action that you have or the description for your company fits well in that particular design. And, and how can one particularly become an effective copywriter? Uh, it's similar to, I don't know, riding a bike, cooking, any other skill that you develop by actually doing that work. If you want to become a good copywriter, first thing first, you need to read a lot in that domain. For example, I right now have a client uh, for which I do SEO on uh, leather bags for women. And I've read the shit out of blogs from fashionistas to divas to like, I actually learned colors that I never heard about. And I've read all kinds of articles related to that niche in order to find out what kind of uh, what kind of communication type people like in that niche? Uh, how do you talk to women that are 40 to 40 years old? You need to learn how others do it in order to do it better. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. You just need to make sure that whatever you're writing is at least as good as the average in your market and maybe tidy it up a little. You also need to write a lot. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's for your client or for uh, a blog, just write at least one article a day. I'm writing like at least 3,000, 4,000 uh, 4, words a day. Wow. Uh, yeah, I get, also, I get also copywriting gigs uh, from people uh, for lead magnets or for just click funnels, they'd be like, Robert, I have this click funnel, fill it out with content. And because of that, and also working on some of my clients, I'm writing a lot. Uh, I've been writing so much in English, for example, that I've forgotten some grammar rules in Romanian. <laughs> and I've got a client that was like, Robert, yeah, what's that? Um, oh, I don't see it. Uh, you don't spell that like that. Oh, <laughs> shit. 
sorry, but uh, you also uh, just make sure you proofread your content twice. Uh, for example, when I first started working in marketing, I was also in charge of email campaigns and I emailed um, with a typo in the header for 10,000 people. Uh, my manager was really pissed. I can imagine. Now, how, how effective were those email campaigns? Uh, well, there were, they didn't have really high conversion rates because right. the, because the niche was in construction, like we had a 0.3, but that 0.3 would being like $20,000 just at the click of a button because they were buying automated doors. For example, we sold a revolving door for 60,000 euros and that was just one door. It was made with bronze and uh, all kinds of glowy stuff. It was really awesome and really expensive. And in that uh, type of uh, business, you only need one client to actually make tons of money. Right, right, right. And of course, it varies on the cost of, you know, goods sold. So, uh, (laughs) I mean, $80,000 may seem like a lot, but it may cost, let's just say, $50,000 to produce or 40000 you know. Um, that's interesting, nonetheless. All right, so we're, we're, we're going to ask a few wrap-up questions here. Um, well, actually, before we get on to the wrap-up question, can you recommend any books or blogs that really tie into copywriting? Would you say that, you know, um, that Neil has some coverage on, on copywriting? Yeah, totally. Uh, you can read anything from Neil Patel. Uh, he's awesome on both SEO and copywriting. Right. Uh, look how he's getting free advertising from me and you also. Uh, you can also uh, go for copyblogger.com or for HubSpot. I love HubSpot. They have a free CRM that I've been using for years now. And they also have an awesome blog for everything marketing related or business related. And they also have tons of templates and uh, lists and rules that you can follow in order to improve your copywriting for both I don't know, sales copy or blog posts because you need to uh, use a different type of writing for the content that you're creating. For example, an ad copy needs to be really concise and on the subject, like by now do this high quality, while a blog post needs to go into detail. This was made in Africa on the seventh day of june or whatever like really create a story right right all right so i'll add all that to the uh show notes of course all right so now we're going to get on to our uh actual wrap-up questions here question number one is name your top five struggles you know as an entrepreneur name your five top struggles and how did you manage to overcome them Okay, so five struggles regarding my business right now or in the past. Uh, first thing first, I hated doing everything. That was my first struggle. I eliminated things that I didn't enjoy doing. I eliminated social media, eliminated ads. I niched down on three things that are actually binding, um, binding themselves together. And because of that, I'm able to create more money. I'm making my clients happier. I'm working less. And I'm actually really happy right now with the amount of money and work that I'm doing. That would be the first thing. Uh, I'm having some struggles doing uh, cold emails or cold sales, to be honest. I'm struggling because I've never done that and I need to get my shit together mm-hmm. and start doing it because I'm I'm lacking in that part and I'm losing tons of money because of that. I tell you real quick, Visa, if, if if I can offer I don't know if you have read it yet, but um the ten X rule by Grant Cardone. 
uh, I don't know about the 10x, but I've I've known Grant Cardone for like uh, a few months now, and right. he seems like a really good hustler. I've been uh, listening to his uh, videos where he would actually pick up the phone and close deals while being recorded. Those are awesome. Right, right, right. Uh, so if you want any motivation in sales, at least, uh, you have to pick up the book, that The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. That's a great book um, to help you get motivated with like getting your shit together and, and picking up the phone and just knocking out those calls. That's awesome. I should totally pick it up. Uh, uh, the third struggle, uh, my, uh, my time management sucks time like a lot. Uh, because I've been working remotely for, for two, two to three years. I think it's three years now. And because of that, I've been able to have my own schedule. If I want to wake up at uh, 11 a.m., I do that. If I want to work during the night, I do that. And because of that, I haven't been able to maintain a schedule that enables me to be productive more. Like for example, right now, I'm trying to create work blocks. Uh, you're gonna do copywriting from uh, 8 a.m. to 10, you're going to the gym from 7 a.m. to 8, and stuff like that, just to make sure that uh, I'm doing the stuff that I need to do and I'm not postponing them for the weekends or whatever. Uh, that's a struggle that I'm facing right now and I need to get it fixed. Right. No. I think, I think, uh, what you just mentioned is a great example. Um, and I want to say actually Grant Cardone covers that as well in his book about like being able to just slot out your time and, uh, hold yourself accountable. Uh, so, so that way it becomes easier to manage your time. So, um, cause I struggled with it as well, but that's, that's a great point. And I think you're in a great direction when it comes to, uh, blocking out your time and holding yourself accountable for time management? Uh, the fourth one would be pricing. I was afraid to price high because I'm uh, nobody from Romania and my market was in the United States because that's where the money is. Sorry guys, but you got <laughs> tons of cash. So uh, I was like, I don't have the experience. I'm not really speaking the language really well. Uh, I don't have uh, a portfolio that's in English. So, okay, you have a beautiful design, but I don't understand anything you've wrote in that website for your client because it's in Romanian. Uh, and I was really scared to ask for even the average in the industry for the United States, and I would go really low. And because of that, I've been actually losing clients because they're afraid to buy from me if I ask for like $700 for a website. And they're like, oh, you're like a guy from India or you're like a guy from China or whatever. And we also didn't know what Romania is. But when you're going a little higher and you're uh, actually confident that you can provide X value, like for example, I offer, um, I offer a guarantee that if you do not like the web design, you don't pay it. You don't get the website, like I create the website on my own server, but when it's done, if you think that you don't like it, uh, I'm gonna uh, send you back the deposit that you send me and you just get to hire somebody else. So you're not losing shit. Mm. But that also means I'm uh, asking for a little more right now. I've been also talking to people in the industry, seeing what the average prices are, and trying to just improve my services from client to client. There's also another stuff uh, thing that I don't do and I dislike right now uh, regarding the regarding the business sector. I've seen people actually close deals for stuff they do not do, like uh, it would be like me that I don't do social media, but close a deal for $10,000 in social media. And just be, uh, I close the deal, I got the money, I'm just gonna find someone to outsource that right now. Uh, I find it to be really bad for business, and I'm staying away 
from that. So I'm only asking for top dollars for the services that I am able to provide. And if a client uh, if a client comes to me and asks for someone to do his social media, I'm just gonna recommend him directly. Just go talk to this guy or this woman and uh, make sure that you can communicate together. And if that uh, client signs with that person, I may get uh, a commission, but I usually just spread the word. I haven't gotten any commissions until now, but I have sent tons of clients to people and they have closed deals. Uh, but to be honest, they also sent people my way, so it's a win-win for everybody. But I think I need to go to the last struggle. Uh, I'm really bad at working in weekends. Uh, I've seen people that are like, you need to hustle, you need to work more. On Sunday, for example, I cannot do shit. I cannot open the emails. I cannot write 100 words in an article. For whatever reason, my brain on Sunday just blocks. Right. And I am unable to do anything in that day. And I just came to the realization that I need to have some time for myself and not work from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Slow it down a little because I've actually I actually started to be an entrepreneur to have freedom in my life. And if I'm working 40 days a month from uh, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. That's not gonna cut it. So that's another struggle that I think I've finished because right now I don't care if I'm slacking on a damn Sunday. It's the weekend. There you go. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I know. Um, I do. Be- I'm I'm, a, I'm actually a big believer when it comes to making sure you have some time for yourself, so that way you just don't. Uh, drain your energy, drain your creativity, especially those that are involved in technology, because we do require a lot of uh, creativity to be able to do what we do. Um, so we want that time off, per se, to kind of rekindle that expression. Um, what are your top three books? Uh, my top three books coming with the first would be The Art of War by Sun Tzu. I think I've, I haven't spoiled his name. Uh, this was actually the first book regarding self-development that I've read. Uh, I'm going to make a fast detour on my, co- uh, my college professor that was teaching us microeconomic. Uh, he actually scared the crap out of all of us by, uh, explaining, um, how one Chinese general would cut the heads of uh, Chinese uh, women, just to make an example uh, out of them and make sure that the other woman would follow his uh, commands. Mm -hmm. And that if we don't follow his words, he's gonna chop our heads at the finals and fail us. So I thought that was really awesome and really scary at the same time. And I found the book at the vending machine in the subway, bought bought it for like one euro, read it. It was amazing. Uh, The second book that I would recommend, Life's Golden Ticket by Brendan Burchard. It's an amazing book. It's uh, written more like a story, but you can learn tons of stuff that will help you Uh, push your personal life and maybe even your business a little higher. The third would be uh, the e-myth, entrepreneurial myth. I need to Google that right now to make sure who the author is. And ah, Michael E. Gerber. So e-myth, awesome. And I would recommend uh, like for fifth place uh, Max by Sarah Cohen Scully the Sven Hustle series or nothing new on the eastern front western front for whatever reason I'm a really uh, second world war addict and I love all the books in that niche Interesting. alright so there you have it now in 10 words or less what can our listeners who are future entrepreneurs do to get started 
find your first client, make him happy, uh, rinse and repeat. Just go from that. All right. <laughs> I would have to jot that down, at, you know, in the show notes <laughs> because that was super fast, but great. All right. So um, where can our listeners find you? They can find me on startsmalldigital.com. That's my website. Uh, and they can personally add me on Facebook just by searching my name. If you want to get spam with food or cat photos, feel free to add me. <laughs> uh, I think you can also just paste my email address uh, there. But I'm really open to just talking with you guys if you have any questions. Uh, if you want any advice, just hit me up on Facebook. I don't mind. I'm not going to bill you $50 because I give you some advice that took me five minutes. <laughs> there you have it. So, you know, one thing about your website, I, I visited your website, I want to say last week, um, and it's very clever on how you approached it because usually uh, we kind of take a scroll going down the page versus up the page. And the way you designed your page uh, was really, really unique because it starts at the bottom and then you would have to scroll up to uh, to deliver your value proposition, which I found very clever and very unique. So uh, kudos on that, man. That, that was really clever and really, really uh, different um, for a great thing, obviously. Uh Thank you, man. I'm really glad you enjoy it. I hope that my customers and people visiting the website will find it uh, uh, as enjoyable as you have. Uh, I want, I've chosen this type of approach because I'm helping small and medium companies grow. And uh, you, uh, you are actually going from the bottom up whenever you're going your business. For example, the thing I've uh, presented on my website is you're going from a lemonade stand, from a simple idea, and going to a big corporation. So that's what we do at Start Small Digital. We help companies grow from small lemonade stands, help them on, uh, on their journey until they reach uh, a big corporation or a big restaurant or whatever your business is. And you did a phenomenal, you know, you did a phenomenal job with that approach, of course. So, all right. So we're going to end this show with your favorite quote. What is your favorite quote? And if you can remember by who? Uh, my favorite quote, uh, quote is um, actually the quotes that I send my offers to my clients. Uh, no, that's a joke. Uh, okay. So <laughs> it's uh, live, love, matter. And it's from Brandon Burchard. I have all his, all his books. I've been listening to him all day and all night. He's an awesome man regarding personal development. And his quote, Live Love Matter, is something that has uh, stuck to me and made me rethink my life and how I've been working or interacting with people right. throughout the years. Yeah, I hear you. Well, Vija, it was a great honor having you on the show. It's like 2 a.m., right? Yeah, it's actually, um, it's not a problem. I actually took a quick nap before talking <laughs> to you because I knew it's going to be something really late. But I do appreciate uh, uh, your invitation, and I hope my English is not too bad. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, and in fact, um, the thing is, is that I want to make sure that those listeners that tune into the show understand that there are experts all over this world. You know, um, it's just not in the U.S., just not in the U.K. or Australia or big popular cities. You know, there are experts all over this world that we can learn a thing or two from, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship. Because, heck, what would this world be without entrepreneurs? That's awesome. Then I'm going to head back to sleep because it's 2 a.m. and I have gym in the morning. And I don't want to skip on that because I've already skipped enough days. So uh, wish you all the luck. Maybe we can talk some other time and have an awesome day. Absolutely. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Visa Robert from Romania. I want to thank you all for tuning in. And I hope that we were able to provide you some great quality content as we aim to do every single week. The Antonio Serrato Show can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, and Stitcher. And I will soon be available on Spotify and iHeartRadio. I promise you. 
you know, and until I get that, I'm going to keep knocking on their doors till they approve my show. The, you know, if, if you like the content that we were able to provide you today and every single week, please do us a favor and do yourself a favor and subscribe now and tune in every single week. We always aim to provide you some great quality content from awesome guests from all over the world, like Visa from Romania. And I want to personally thank Visa for providing great content today. You know, this guy really covered SEO, web design, and uh, copywriting in, in a level that many podcasts don't share today. But nonetheless, I want to make sure that I package this up enough so that way you can share this with your friends and let them know, hey, this is something you need to check out, you know, because this is what's really important in today's world of entrepreneurship. If you want to become a businessman, an entrepreneur, you want to take it up to the next level, then this is what you need to listen to. Again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Antonio Serrato. And until next time, dream, achieve, and thrive.